Hi, and welcome to another episode of Startup Stories, the podcast that brings you your weekly entrepreneurship education and startup training by Europe's most inspiring founders. This episode brings us together with Andrea Girasole from Bilte, a startup that offers end-to-end invoicing software that lets them do your invoicing while you run your business. In our conversation, we cover how Andrea started out, how being part of an accelerator program helped him in the starting phase of his startup, how Bilte acquires customers, and more. I'm super excited to share this first episode with you today. Enjoy! Cool. Thanks so much for, for coming, Andrea. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I'm really excited about this startup because I, I checked you up and... Somewhere you said that the long-term vision is to eradicate paper bills mm-hmm. with with Bilte. And that is something <laughs> I've been discussing with my partner for years. When I was studying, I, I got so many letters and bills and I said, why? Why is that, why is that th- something that still exists? So I'm super excited. And um, yeah, let me t- tell me a bit about who, who are you and what does your startup do? So my name is uh, Andrea Girasole, and what we do is basically we're a multi-channel for sending invoices and a multi-channel of payments. We we believe that through the multi-channel we can convince more people to switch from paper invoice to digital invoice because actually they could they were able to receive the invoice digitally how they want. So some people will go for email, some people will go for WhatsApp, some people will go for SMS, but there will be nobody that would say no to digital invoice. Okay. At the same time, we attached uh, different payment uh, options. So if somebody want to pay directly uh, through email, through SMS, uh, and through the different channel, they can do it. We, of course, uh, one of the channels that we attach is, of course, e-bill. So if some people would like to receive invoice through e-bill, we, they can still receive invoice through e-bill as well. Yeah. For company, is uh, valuable because they spare lots of money. Yeah. Uh, in, uh, how much do they spend on on one letter? Is it is it because the sending is one franc or, or yeah, how much one, is it? one franc at least. And then the paper. And then there is the paper and the the reconciliation job and stuff like this, which is in total is between uh, five and ten Swiss franc. It depends For from the size. Letter. It depends from really? the size from uh, of the company. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's insane. It's insane. It's insane. Especially, it's also difficult for companies, you know, um, if you send an invoice by paper, um, the, the consumers, they receive the invoices, might, might actually put the wrong number on the payment. So for the reconciliation process, it's mm. really difficult to find out, okay, is this customer, really, this, this customer already really paid or uh, there was a mistake mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So, Does that happen a lot? Yeah. I mean, I was surprised, um, but... Uh, for example, in a large company with, with, with who we are working with, uh, they have uh, around uh, 600, 800 cases every two months, which is... That is a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a, a lot big of money number. not coming in and a lot of work. Or they are coming in, but they don't know from where they're coming in, you know, yeah. so they don't know actually if the invo- invoice is, is paid, was yeah. because an invoice was paid or there yeah. was a mistake there. Yeah. So we try to solve this problem. And, uh, yeah. That's cool. So multi-channel, you mean you really? How far do you go? Do you you really have WhatsApp and yeah. and I can pay my bill through WhatsApp? Correct. Correct. There are um, you receive your bill through WhatsApp. You click on uh, the pay now button, mm-hmm. and basically land in a we call it the payer portal. And mm-hmm. in this payer portal, you can either download your invoices or you can pay your invoices using a different channel. We want inc- we included the credit cards. Mm-hmm. We included uh, we can include online banking if the company wants. Yeah, and uh, we are including also the registration to e-bill if you want to receive in the future on yeah. the e-bills. Yeah. Uh, another payment option that is there is the payment through installments. So if you want yeah. if you want to pay through different installments, you can. So if I want to pay a hundred bucks in five times twenty yeah. bucks, you can do it. Okay. So. How does that work though? Because yeah. do you need WhatsApp for business to be allowed in the country to do that? No, um, this is actually uh, different in uh, every country. Yeah. Uh, but n- recently WhatsApp kind of uh, opened their APIs. So okay. you just have to get in contact with them. They actually have to approve. They have to see that you are a proper business and then you can actually 
uh, use their channel. Yeah, that's cool. That's really we're nice. Gonna, we're gonna have to try that out. But most, I would say, most actually we can include also Facebook. Yeah. But uh, most of the companies in Switzerland are still uh, really conservative. So the two channels that they want to choose are email and SMS. Yeah. Even and with any WhatsApp, any of course. Yeah. Um, but they are still afraid that um, WhatsApp or Facebook uh, are not the right channel. So we actually at the moment didn't implement a lot of WhatsApp and Facebook yeah. Facebook delivery. Is the reason they're afraid because WhatsApp and Facebook are American companies? They have all the information in in the U.S. They they yeah. I mean, of course that uh, is one of the reason. Even though you don't see when you receive the message, you don't see the invoice. The invoice is not attached to it. You yeah. have to click on a button to reach right. this payer portal. And this payer portal stay in the environment of the yeah. company or, or in our environment. So there is not much risk, yeah. but it's understandable that especially large enterprise are yeah. not so com comfortable in doing that yeah. Yeah. right now. How? Let's go to the very beginning. Yeah. How did you... So there's three questions in, the, yeah. in that question. <laughs> Uh, how did you make it financially, time-wise, and emotionally possible to start your project? Because um, as far as I know, this is your first startup. Yeah. Um, so let's go into financially. How did how did you start that? Because a lot of people, that's the first thing they 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 say when you ask them why don't you pursue your idea, is well I have a job and then I have a girlfriend or or whatever and hobbies and I don't have time. I need to pay my bills. How did you do it? So, do you want to hear the truth or? <laughs> always, always, dude. <laughs> so the 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 point is that um, so my 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 wife is a dentist, and she's. <laughs> I she, love how this story starts. <laughs> that's a funny story, and uh, so my wife is a dentist, and uh, she was opening actually um, uh, praxis, uh, a studio, a dental studio. Right. So my parents thought would it be would be a great investment to invest to invest uh, fifty thousand Swiss francs in uh, my wife practice. Yeah. Well, they don't know, and I can say I'm sorry, mom, uh, but they invested actually in my startup. <laughs> they probably will discover it now. <laughs> you haven't told them until now. No, no, not yet. Uh, even though yet now I could actually. The idea is actually I'm going back to them uh, with the money next month because oh, I, I could actually pay though. pay them back already. They would say no, of course, but uh, you know, but yeah, it's something that I was planning to do. Yeah, and a bottle of wine and it's like Correct. thank you. <laughs> you no, know, I, but yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. All right, so that's how you start. So, <laughs> <with> the start <laughs> so that's that's how I started. Um, I mean, um, honestly, I I never wanted to create my own startup especially I was never so interested in um, in financial technology mm. I became interested when, once I entered in this world what what was it about about that world that uh, um, I don't know I was always more interested in, in other things usually um, I studied literature and philosophy so I was always interested more in um, how can I say um, I mean, I was interested in technology, but not so much that to think about doing my own corporate. Yeah. Yeah. Then what happened is that uh, I was working for a, an IT agency. They sent me to uh, the Six Acton to find um, possible um, developers, talented people to add to the to the team. Yeah. And I was there for forty eight hours, and I remember. It was Friday evening, it was actually 48 hours straight, and was Friday evening, it was Friday and Saturday. And Friday evening at 12, I thought, what the hell am I doing here? <laughs> 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 Why I came here? And then there were actually a uh, different workshop, and one workshop was organized by Six Painet and was uh, about uh, the digitalization of the invoicing process. And there I had the first idea, they liked my idea, they invited me into their office, and they kind of like uh, what I was presenting, they said, like, you should actually try to enter into the F10, the, which is this incubator and accelerator program in Switzerland, uh, really famous. Back yeah. then, I had no idea what it was. Yeah. 
And uh, my first reaction was like, uh, no, thank you. I have a job. I'm not really interested. <laughs> but then like, be scarce, you know, make yourself scarce, make them want you. <laughs> correct. Correct. No, the, the, the point is that really they, they were really um, convincing. So mm. then I sent my application and I discovered that there were 300 applicants. So I thought, Okay, it's not gonna for happen. sure, for sure, there are better applicants than me. So, I mean, I would not tell anything to my company. Yeah. And then what happened is that from the first 300, uh, I was in the top 150. So then I, I actually started to tell this to my company and then my company where I was working, they were super happy. They said, yeah, it could be a good opportunity, great opportunity. And then from 150, we went to actually 50. <laughs> And my company was not so happy anymore. No. <laughs> and then from the top 50, I went to the, the, the top 25. And then I got chosen to enter in the program. And I... Um, so since we're, since we're talking about the F10 accelerator, I've, I've interviewed one other company mm-hmm. that has gone through the accelerator. What, what was your experience like and maybe maybe can you walk me through in just just a minute what what you do in and how long how long is the program uh, six months it's six months yeah okay so you go through a lot of stages probably yeah there are in this during six these six months actually there are six weeks where you have to be present in the program okay. but uh, the program is actually six months time. yeah um i think it was a, a really good experience you learn definitely definitely a lot uh, this program is sponsored by major corporations, so you have the chances actually to get in touch right away from this major corporation, and they choose you to be there. Right. So it's so. interesting if you want to have one of these sponsors as a customer. Correct. Later. Exactly, and that's uh, what happened with us because actually we, first of all, we got invited uh, from General to, to their uh, office space that they opened for all the startup. Yeah. And second, actually, we were able to collaborate with them for an MVP, and now we're actually in the phase to move uh, forward. That's great. So that was really, really nice. And uh, um, no, I think it's overall it's a great experience. Uh, sometimes it's um, a demanding experience. I suggest to everybody that want to do the F10 to actually uh, actually to quit their job. Not, I would say, not only if you want to do a, your the F10. If you want to do a startup. I mm. suggest to everybody to quit uh, the previous job because like this you can focus uh, mainly on one thing. Mm. And uh, otherwise we take we take too much time actually to yeah, to do something, you know. Yeah. Isn't that a big risk though? It's a huge huge risk to just quit the the only income source you have. Yeah. And it's a huge risk especially in Switzerland, which is uh, a a really expensive country. Yeah. Um on the other side, if you flip the coin, actually, if your startup doesn't go well, mm. you can go back to a normal well-paid job pretty easily in Switzerland. That's true. So, so you need to, to know before entering in the F10 how much you're willing to spend and how much time you, you want to give yourself to to make sure your startup is, is successful. Yeah. If you match, if you match this time that you, you, you uh, previously plan, that makes sense to continue. Mm. If you don't actually are successful in, in this period of time that you predefine, yeah, I suggest to go back yeah. into yeah. A normal. So set like okay, six months. I'm giving giving myself. Correct. I saved up some money, or or I, I took the money from my parents-in-law. <laughs> no, no, actually, they were my parents. They were my parents. Oh, your parents. Yeah, my parents. Uh, yeah, yeah. Your parents. Um, <laughs> so six months, and if it doesn't happen until then, if I don't see a sign of success, then... Correct. Yeah. Um, I didn't do that. <laughs> so, that's, that's but that's a suggestion that I give to everybody. Yeah. Because I didn't give myself a plan, and I have a... One of the problems that I have is that um, when I have something in my head, I never, I keep on going without... Mm. So you're stubborn? Yeah, I'm super stubborn, so... I think that could be a useful, it it is a useful... Uh, Yeah. Sometimes... In in this case, I would say, um, 
don't do like I do. Uh, <laughs> do plan, give yourself a time, and make yeah. sure it was uh, you, you. If you actually match your um, the success or how you want to call it, if, yeah. you, if yeah. you're able to actually to create revenue in this yeah. time frame, great. Continue, otherwise go back into yeah. Yeah. normal working life. Yeah. And you can really set the the, the criteria of success. Yeah. For yourself, I mean, we did it. We didn't say we want revenue, mm -hmm. but we gave ourselves six months and said at the end of these six months it needs to we need to have a feeling that like there's potential and we could get to to revenue uh, yeah just make sure that you i mean there is a financial uh issue attached to it you know i mean six months without job you can survive maybe if you had a, a good job before also one year you could survive yeah. you know you have to go to work for an insurance first <laughs> or a bank. correct correct if you work for an insurance <laughs> bank you can actually do three years a three years plan but uh, <laughs> i wish <laughs> otherwise it's complicated you know yeah, like uh, tougher, yeah. yeah definitely so can you tell me how how did the 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 F10 accelerator help you launch your venture? Like what exactly did you do in there? So in the program, you you actually have different milestones, mm -hmm. and uh, the end of this milestone is actually creating a prototype. Right. Um, in this milestone, you go through um, budget planning, so uh, business plan. Then you go through like uh, legal knowledge uh, that you acquire from different partners yeah is that i, I could imagine that's to be super useful yeah super but useful I'm, I'm, i don't know super useful yeah so there are actually a lot of um i'll call them workshop yeah and there is actually sometimes some some homework that you have to do yeah. to pass these milestones and these actually are uh, really 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 useful that's actually. I, I think it's a it's a great program if you never if you never did like a startup before. Yeah. And you want to start start from somewhere. Yeah. I think this is uh, really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm doing right now. I'm working on the legal, on some legal documents just to get an an advisor mm -hmm. um, to join us. And man, this legal language, it's. It's another world, yeah. And uh, I, I could really imagine like having these these people who know, you know, probably you had lawyers coming in to yeah, the workshops, yeah, yeah, telling you set up a an agreement and we'll fix it for you and whatever. That that's so useful. That's really yeah. helpful. Going back, probably I would study something else. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you would study law. Yeah, or <laughs> law or something that give me a job after, <laughs> not literally in philosophy. <laughs> oh well. Yeah, so going back to to the initial question that had three questions in it. Mm -hmm. um, so you quit your job, meaning time wise you were you were hundred percent on the accelerator. Correct. So that yeah. was that was fine. Mm -hmm. How did how did it go emotionally? Or, or you know, it's it's a different thing. It's a different world, working for a big company and starting your own startup. How how was that experience for you? It's a mix of emotion, I would say. Uh, you're super excited because you are actually creating something from scratch and you see it growing um, days after days or also month after month. Mm -hmm. uh, at the same time, is uh, a bit frustrating sometimes because it takes time, especially when you want to collaborate with a large company and stuff. Right. It takes time to actually get in contact with uh, uh, the right people or the right decision maker. And um, and you have you have um, a pressure behind, which is actually the pressure that you don't have if you work for a, another company, which is actually the, the the salary pressure. You know, yeah. You know, actually, at some point, your savings are gonna be finished. You know, actually, at some point, uh, um, your wife will tell you, okay, now now it's <laughs> I about <want> my studio. <laughs> now it's about. <laughs> Now it's about time that you start uh, working. <laughs> yeah. So, but my, my wife actually was really supportive, so I cannot say anything about that. And it's still really supportive, but it's something that you have to think about. Actually. Yeah. So it's a mixed feeling, I would say. Yeah. And at some point, I don't know how how fast that was for you, but at some point you'll have team members joining. Yeah, yeah. How, how 
how fast did that happen for you? You started alone? Yeah. Um, how fast did you have? Super fast, actually. And um, what, what role did that person take? Um, so I went actually into a team restructuring because after the F10, uh, my, the, t- the two other uh, partner couldn't, couldn't continue further, you know, for, uh, for different reasons. Mm. So I had to, to change my team. And I actually went back uh, the second time, actually, I found a group of work, which is, uh, I think, the best I could have ever found. Uh, which is composed by uh, ATH uh, doctor yeah. uh, that I knew we were friends from before. So I asked him to join. He's super enthusiastic and he's super helpful. Yeah. And I would say, I mean, people that come out from the ATH have always something special. Mm. Uh, I think they understand things quicker, quicker and they are faster in thinking. Uh, and then I have like uh, a CTO that worked for over 20 years in Credit Suisse in, ba- in the bank industry, so it's really uh, knowledgeable. How, how did you get those? I mean, I have a couple of questions. Yeah, sure, 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 sure. First of all, how did you get that that person working 20 years in a in a big corporate that pays? Sorry, my, my <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. shit ton of money to get to join you on a small startup. That's my first question. Uh, I'm good in selling dreams. <laughs> that is, that no. is the founder's job. Yeah, I think I think it's um, um, they are all really. And then there is like Sabina. She's also a really knowledgeable online marketer. Mm. She was working for big company. She was working for a startup. So all the people that I let's say I ask or I include into my startup now. Mm are all people that they could get easily a salary of uh, 200,000 uh, Swiss franc per year, per year. Wow. Um, because they are, they are mature, so they actually have experience, mm. uh, they have good titles, and they, have, um, they are really good, you know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, w- far better than me, far better than me. And uh, I think uh, the key there is that uh, I pitched to them my idea, I pitched to them uh, I pitched them wh- what I want to reach, mm-hmm. and uh, I told I was I was honest with them. You know, if we actually are successful, we could reach uh, together this point. You know, and then uh, uh, enjoy our life. <laughs> <laughs> go back to living. <laughs> go back. Go back to. Go back to normal. Uh, yeah. Normal life. So they they actually jump on board. Yeah. And I can tell from. Um, and I mean, this is not. I mean, these are the how you want to call it, uh, the founders or the C level one. Yeah. But the overall, in all in all the, the company, uh, people are super excited about mm. what we are doing. And yeah. this for me is fantastic. I see uh, the guys that actually develop the product. You know, yeah. those guys are working super hard. You know, yeah. they are telling me what I really like is that I don't tell them okay do that you know yeah it's always a conversation you know yeah. so if they think my idea is a bad idea they tell me you know yeah. and that means a lot for me yeah. because it means that actually um they are thinking about the product it means yeah. that actually they are they love what they are doing yeah. you know and this, so is, this is super super yeah. important for me how did you know that these first few people you hired were the right one for you know the the culture you wanted to build the 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 team you wanted to build i mean there's a lot of you know you i don't know did you have a, a certain interview process did you have did you prepare specific questions um no first of all during the six months in the f10 i learned a lot mm-hmm. i learned also like a lot about uh, i would say myself uh-huh. and also a lot about uh, the people that I would like to have around myself for this adventure. Yeah. Uh, in the beginning, I started just uh, okay, let's do something. Let's create a team. I don't know where. Let's see if it's like, this is successful. And then I kind of structure myself to have uh, a proper. Uh, not. A, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say a proper team, but I would say more a proper group of people with who I want to work with. Yeah. And uh, I knew uh, Sabina from before. She was actually uh, my former, I would say, uh, sort of boss in, um, in my first job that I got in Switzerland. Yeah. And we got along really well. 
even though I was a, a super bad employee. <laughs> <laughs> and then That's I, entrepreneurs <laughs> in general, I guess. Correct. And, uh, and then uh, I'm, I knew uh, Johnny, the uh, doctor from ATH from uh, my sport, baseball. Yeah. He's uh, the coach of uh, the women team. And yeah. we also, I always like to, to talk with him about uh, ideas and new things. And I met Jakir, which is the CTO, uh, during an event at the F10. And yeah. I liked the way he was approaching me. I liked the way uh, he was proactive. And I like, uh, it's kind of, for me, it's also important to work with a group of people that go along with each other, but, but also are different from each other. Because that, yeah. brings, that brings a lot of uh, new ideas on the table. That brings a lot of... Uh, healthy discussion yeah. with with facts and figures you know everybody right. bring like a, a different angle of view yeah. for things and actually but always in a nice way you know they we always approach each other in a nice and correct way yeah. you know yeah. which i really love it i really yeah. love it yeah. how did you I'm trying to go deeper in that in yeah the sure that sure you said okay so I, in this accelerator, you kind of learned more about yourself and who you wanted to work with. How does a, a new entrepreneur, you know, figure that out? You know, what, how do you learn, you know, I'm, I'm this kind of person, I, I probably work well with this kind of person, probably not with this kind of person. How, what would you recommend? Well, first of all, if you already work with uh, with a person, you already know if you like to work with this person or not. This is a, actually the first thing that I could say. Right. Second, past, past experience. Yeah, past experience yeah. is yeah. That's really a good important. Sign. Exactly, yeah. it's a good sign uh, because you already share a certain amount of work, working life together. So yeah. you know exactly how this person works, how do this person reacts on certain things, and it's actually it's a good, uh, good practice. I would yeah. say because it's different from just being friends with that person yeah you don't exactly know no exactly works. exactly it's very different exactly yeah. um it, it's the working environment is always different you know i'm actually friends w with all my my team member mm. right now yeah but i i don't i didn't choose them because we are friends i choose them because i like how they work yes or not not only i like how they work i like how we work together yeah this is probably the way the the right way of well, saying this yeah so uh, I think you should actually observe uh, if you have if you're lucky enough uh, to know these people uh, deeply you know you should observe how they work how how how, how is their process of, of thinking about stuff mm. how is the process of giving feedback how is the process of uh, handling pressure right and uh, so so if you I mean that's tough if you hire new people which you true, don't know. True, super, super difficult. Could it be? Could it be good to have like a test period of two months or? I mean, that's what happened anyway, right? When you hire new people, you always you do that anyways, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, so you cover that with that. What I, if I have to hire people that I don't know, mm. I always hire. I try to hire people that challenge me. Mm -hmm. Challenge me in a way that. Uh, they bring new ideas on the table, you know? But at the same time, they shouldn't be, um, be I mean, actually, I don't care, but you know, if to work in, in a group, you need to be humble enough to be able to actually say your ideas, yeah. even if it's like uh, different ideas than the other have. At the same time, uh, in a way that doesn't sound uh, arrogant yeah. or, uh, yeah. You know, because otherwise you create tension in the in the working group. You know, yeah. and this is actually and the and the problem is that if you create tension, then your idea might have might be right, mm. but people will not understand because they think you're an asshole, basically. <laughs> right. right. So it's a it's a kind of it's a tricky mix. It's a tr super it's tricky super mix. Tricky mix. Super tricky mix. But this is like uh, this is important. Yeah. I think. I I think it's a it's. I mean, it's one of the most important yeah. things. If you don't have the team, yeah. then you won't build Correct. something yeah. amazing. So you got your first customer through the F10 Accelerator. Yeah. Can you tell me a bit more about about that, how, how, you, how you got it? And maybe if that was, 
how do I put it? If that was a bit, yeah, it was 3D Accelerator, maybe the second customer that you didn't get 3D Accelerator mm -hmm. would also be interesting too. Mm -hmm. So uh, so the first customer was like, um, we were working out of their office. And if you get, I would say, if you get close and you let the other uh, see what you're doing and you let the other see how you're working and how hard you're working, it's always easy to convince um, large enterprise or somebody actually to collaborate with you. Yeah. Now, with that said, not everybody can do or have the luxury to, to do that, you know. Right. But I, uh, speaking from my experience, actually, this was this was key for me. Yeah. Uh, working in the same office uh, where this large corporate is located, I had the chance to talk with different people, I had the chance to meet different people. I learned a lot from mm. different people. And uh, I think they also see how how hard I was working and yeah. I was actually progressing. Yeah. So for me, the first client was uh, was this and was actually really important. As a second yeah. client uh, uh, was uh, the Cantonal Bank uh, of Ticino. Yeah. Right. And this actually came straight after uh, Generali, which was my first client. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it came... Uh, they, they, I went there to present uh, my idea. Mm -hmm. I went there with a prototype, and they immediately um, liked it. They immediately felt excited about what I was doing. So I was able to convince um, the product managers and uh, th that department, and then they were able, with enthusiasm, to convince the the, the C level committee. So actually, in a, in I would say in a really short amount of time, in four months, we were able to have a contract with them, which yeah. usually if, takes a lot of time uh, when you talk to banks and yeah, things like it's, that. It's longer than four months. Usually. For, uh, it's longer than four months, but for sure. Yeah. But with them, they got um, yeah, they were all immediately convinced on what we were doing. Yeah. They were immediately convinced that what we are bringing on the market could help their small and medium enterprise that they have a bank account with them. Yeah. So was an easy step. Was an easy step. The price was right, of course. You know, I mean, this is one of the things that you look at. Right. And uh, talking about pricing, how do you set the price for something like that? I mean, pricing is an art, and and you can screw the company if you set it wrongly. Well, and you can yeah. <laughs> have a competitive advantage if you set it exactly right. Um, so how did you? In the beginning, uh, I always put uh, like a, a low price, yeah. a, a, low, a low price tag because you want to have uh, uh, this big customer on board, you know. Mm. And I think like uh, longer and deeper you go into the business, mm. then uh, you could also adapt your price into a normal market standard price. Yeah. I think this is the key. I and mean, then it depends. I mean, then it depends how which game you want to play, you know, if you want to play the big games, then you want to yeah. probably you, you, you can you can wait longer, you know, maybe you have more financial resources. So you can say, okay, I don't care, I put the price tag that is high. Yeah. And I actually but price tag that are higher, require also higher um, time decisional time. Is that is that is that so for you know, if you double the price, does it take I mean, probably not double the time, but is it is that always? Oh, I I, I could give you I could give you a price tag, you know, yeah. without saying that uh, this is actually the price that I have or yeah, nothing. Yeah, just as a, but, a uh, random example. But I give I give you an example. So if you actually put, if you actually sell a product for, um, for example, under thousand Swiss franc. Yeah. And or you sell a product for two hundred fifty thousand Swiss franc. Yeah. There is a huge difference in the decisional committee. Yeah. With under thousand, you have less people that have to decide for this budget right. because it's a budget that for large enterprise um, is an accept acceptable budget. You know, if you let's say if you spend hundred thousand and something goes wrong in a large enterprise, uh, nothing changes. It's fine. Yeah. Twenty fifty thousand. It's a price that is uh, that require more decisional people so, on the table yeah the, because of course it's a it's an amount that uh, okay you you lost 250,000 uh, Swiss franc you yeah, know yeah. that's an amount that is uh, more significant for yeah. for a large enterprise yeah. 
So these are the two, I would say, uh, two price range that you have to consider. How, how much research do you do to find out that, you know, in this company, uh, up to this level, you know, up to 190,000, I can, it's, it's a faster decision. And after, you know, upwards, it's, it takes longer. Do you uh, do, um, do you no, have that, I, or do you have benchmarks? I think I've, I use a benchmark, actually. It depends on if, a, if it's a company that I was already in contact with. Yeah. It's the size that uh, of previous company yeah. with who I work with. Yeah. Then I do okay. The probably is, is gonna be like that all the time. Yeah. But this is actually this is really their benchmark that I use. Hundred to two hundred fifty thousand is like, a, and then I, I I I base the price around this. You know. Yeah. I'm not doing hundred thousand, two hundred fifty thousand, but you know, like I always try to leverage. Yeah. Around these two benchmark. Yeah, that makes sense. So you're in 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 a business to business startup. Correct. In the end, is like a business to business to consumer. <laughs> yeah, they, they then yeah. use it for their consumers. Correct, correct. That's true, that's true. I've, I'm wondering what's attractive for you in, in business-to-business uh, startups. I'm very much business-to-consumer. I want to talk to the, the, the individual. Um, so I'm wondering, you know, what, what about business-to-business excites you? So, first of all, um, there are different... Um, I, I will start from uh, a different angle. Mm-hmm. Um, there are different way why people want to do a startup uh, they believe in creating something uh, uh, great for the planet you know they believe in creating something inspiring uh, for for other people etc yeah and there are people actually they do a startup uh, like myself to actually um make money you know yeah. to be something uh, i mean which is a valid yeah, reason it's, it's, a, it's a valid reason you know like i want to I, I i think um i have a I have a good idea i want to actually monetize this good idea yeah. you know so if you come from this perspective it's easy for you to go on a b2b market than on a b2c mm-hmm. because it, with our product we could have gone directly to the b2c market but that means that actually we, we would have spent more money into sales, into marketing. A lot more. Uh, yeah, exactly, a lot more. You would need to actually to hire more people. Mm. And as a startup, you don't have uh, this huge financial pl- p- power um, unless you raise the 20 million, you know, yeah. which is as an early stage startup is almost impossible. Yeah. Um, so we kind of decide strategically to, to try to go into the B2B market mm-hmm. to actually in the end reach the consumers. Because, I mean, the businesses are the ones sending the correct the, the invoices. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So we we decided to go, for example, for the small and medium enterprise market, we didn't decide to go uh, door to door to sell our system. We decided to go through a banks, which is, or to to different banks, you know. Now yeah. we started with the Cantonal Bank of Ticino, we actually want to acquire different banks. But the idea behind that is that they offer something that is helpful for mm-hmm. the small and medium enterprise market. And we actually uh, cut costs for sales and marketing to sell directly to the different small and medium enterprises. Yeah. So it was a more like, I would say, uh, a strategic decision yeah. based on actually uh, the, f- the financial uh, or the fundings that you have. Now, this this way worked for us, uh, but it's it's really difficult. I mean, it's not <laughs> it's not like hey, I call this bank, uh, they will for sure work with me, you know. Yeah. So, if you are able to do that, I suggest to do that. Mm-hmm. If you're not able to do that, then uh, probably you want to knock on doors and. Uh, try to actually spend more money into sales and marketing yeah and the second step we try I mean for a small and medium enterprise we try to go to, uh, through banks then we actually look okay who are large invoicing uh, delivery who have uh, who are the companies that they actually send a lot of invoices yeah and I think uh, through the F10 it was clear for us that uh, there are a lot of uh, invoices that are sent from insurance company. Right. So uh, that was like uh, the next step, and we said, yeah. okay, let's try to target uh, an insurance company. Yeah. And, and so you're doing uh, banks and insurance now. Correct. Hoping that banks will kind of multiply your sales 
what, what you invest in sales. Correct. They, they'll give it to their customers, which are small Correct. and medium companies. Correct. It's a white label solution. So yeah. the, 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 the company of, uh, of the, that are attached to the bank will just see this product that is um, white label according to the yeah. how the banks want to have yeah. it. You know? ah, that's great. And then the bank pays... Who, who pays in the end? Is it is it the small and medium company or is it the bank? <laughs> so uh, the banks pay something, of mm-hmm. course. And then we have like um, the small and medium enterprise. Uh, we don't charge directly the small and medium enterprise. But we actually connect uh, different uh, channel. For example, the small and medium enterprise could send also the invoices via paper mm-hmm. in a digitized way. Yeah. And we have a cut out of this uh, yeah. transaction. Then we have a, a cut, for example, if they decide to send it through in the future through eBill, you know, we would yeah. have like a small percentage for us. Yeah. So like in the end, like we connect and or if they decide to actually go into the debt to send an invoice to the debt collector. Yeah. We actually have a kickback from yeah. the debt collector. So it's actually we would or I would say not directly from the small and medium enterprise, but from from the the partners or the company that actually we attached to our yeah. platform. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So we're already at the end of my of my <laughs> list of questions. I've just three three questions that I always ask. Um, the first one is, what's something crazy you believe that nobody else around you believes? Um. Well, I don't have anything in particular um, regarding this, but I can tell you that um, I'm a really impulsive person in regarding to ideas, mm-hmm. not behavior impulsive, actually. You're very calm. Exactly. Very nice to be around. <laughs> I'm, I'm really a calm person in behavior, but in ideas, as soon as I have an idea, I want to do it. Yeah. So I'm really impulsive in ideas. Yeah. And these ideas, as soon as I have them, they sound crazy. Yeah. But in the end, I'm always able to convince the people around me yeah. that make sense to do it, you know. Do you have one example that you can share? Um, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, I've <laughs> I have one example, you know, like, uh, so, I mean, this is actually not related to my company. But um, in Italy, in Italy, baseball is a semi-professional sport. And there is the team of my city that is actually one of the historical team of, in in Italy, yeah. which is uh, the, the team in Rimini that is on uh, on bankruptcy at the yeah. moment. And I I kind of call friends around, and usually this team spend per year around four hundred thousand euro yeah. to do a team. Yeah. So I call a couple of friends, and uh, they say, I say, I told them, okay, we take this team now without any money. Yeah, and they said uh, you're crazy. <laughs> and uh, but no. So you just what you bought the rights or you, you to no or the or rights what? are there are there were there to sell. I mean there are of course some uh, buro- bureaucracy around this yeah. and there are actually some uh, problems around it. Um, yeah. First is actually to find players that are willing to pay out of financing themselves. You know. Yeah. So that's what you did. You called your friends. Yeah, I called my friends and, and you uh, put together a team. Yeah, I put together a team and put together like a stru- uh, I would say like um, ex- a, a structure for the society. Yeah. So for for the for um, uh, a team team directives yeah. and presidents yeah. stuff like yeah. that yeah. to actually be able to participate in uh, <laughs> in the <laughs> in the championship in the championship. So now you are that team. Uh, it's not yet done this yeah but, but you're working uh, on it yeah i'm working on it and i convinced uh, mostly everybody about that so, <laughs> so you you now have a team in italy a, yeah a yeah soon team. soon soon hopefully soon that's everybody's <laughs> dream to have some kind of sports, <laughs> sports team i mean gary vaynerchuk they told you before right he wants yeah. to to own the jets so <laughs> that is fucking crazy and with Seriously. no money with no money with so no money that's good it's amazing <laughs> so if you could Put one message on a billboard to get to millions or billions of people. What message would that be? Um, I, I really like this motto, which is like uh, the difference between uh, dream and reality is action. Mm-hmm. Because that's a really 
how I think. You know, I always have, if I have a dream, I try to achieve it, but I, I don't try to achieve it with words, you know, because a lot of people talk, you know, a lot of people yeah. like to talk about things, you yeah. know. I try to do thing. Uh, I try to do things to actually reach yeah. this dream, you know. Yeah. And it's, in my life is everything like that, you know, it's like, uh, I try, you know, like I have this, I mean, I don't dream for nothing, like I don't talk for nothing, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I always have this dream, then it's something that I want to reach. Yeah. Otherwise, it's not a dream, it's just a thought. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's the difference for me. Yeah, yeah I, I really like this. Also, it, it reminds me of uh, of a thing in, in an interview Steve Jobs said, most people don't realize that everything that is around them, the whole world, was built by people n not necessarily smarter than them. Yeah. And so if you realize that, you you kind of get that confidence that you can you can do whatever you want to do if you put enough time and effort into it. That's true. That's and absolutely so, true. Definitely. If you have a dream, just think about how how can you get there instead, yeah. of, instead of dreaming about <laughs> it all the time. <laughs> yeah, because otherwise uh, it's a waste of time, you know. Yeah. You, you could spend this doing something that you like. Uh, you have a hobby maybe, you know. You do yeah. whatever you love, you know. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Stop. I like that. It's not dreaming, it's thinking if you don't actually take action from yeah. me. Yeah. Definitely. And my last question, yeah. what's the last book you read or blog post or, or video you saw that you would recommend to future entrepreneurs? Hmm. Actually, there are uh, lots lots of books that I read. You read a lot? Yeah. Uh, very few actually are... Uh, related to creating companies and entrepreneurship. <laughs> what are what are the most focused on? Um, I really like a lot of uh, books that tackle uh, either uh, either historical context mm -hmm. or um, um, how can I say like. People behavior. Yeah, and uh, in a sense, I think in the end, this is helping me out also in business, mm -hmm. um, because I based my assumption, I based actually my strategy always in uh, uh, in the context where I'm living, mm -hmm. so or in the context that is around me. Yeah. So learning from the past, from different uh, historical context, or learning from uh, people behavior actually help me to have better I think have a, a clear better better picture of a strategy or a, um, or an action that I should take yeah do you read a lot of uh, biographies then or, or or what kind of people in the past do you, do you yeah read about historical yeah. people or uh, I, I I read uh, about historical people yes but I also read about um, um, historical context as well you know like for example I read about um, uh, the Great Depression that was in the 1929 you know I read about uh, uh, what happened in 2008 you know yeah. that when everything collapsed you know or what was the region, you know, like this, uh, and uh, how was actually the, the, the economical context around the, um, around this period, you know? Yeah. And and also, I also read a lot of, um, um, I would say, like, behavioral, uh, people behavioral books, you know? Mm -hmm. Like uh, how... Do you have an example? Um, well, I, I read this book that uh, recently, actually, it's, it's called the, the Founders. Yeah. Uh, and I'm interested in this book because it's not only the classical book that tells you how Steve Jobs, Jack Ma and all these other guys actually create their own companies, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but it goes more into into the, 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 the it go, goes more deep into actually what kind of person they were, what kind of actually uh, decision they took uh, in this specific context, you know, what kind of mistake they did, you know. Yeah. And this is not because I want to actually copy them or, or take them as role model, yeah. um, but because I want to see, actually, I want to see how they react yeah. in a specific situation. situation. Yeah. Yeah. 
and this reaction um, it could be something that uh, I also would would have done, or could it or be something that I would have done? You know? Yeah, definitely. But it's it's good to see what they did. You know? Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's looking at the past to yeah. to inform you to learn about what to do in the future. It's definitely, definitely interesting. I I read a couple of biographies. Mm-hmm. I did read the Steve Jobs one. <laughs> I'm sorry. I knew it. I knew it. No, I'm no, sorry. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the Elon Musk one and another one. I thought they would they were quite interesting. Just to see how what they did and see if it's 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 as you say sometimes it resonates with you and sometimes you say ah, I probably do it differently. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's not uh, I'm, what I'm not interesting into is like uh, his history about success you know yeah i truly believe like uh, each person is different mm-hmm. and each person uh, okay there are similar path you know each person is similar to somebody else maybe you know but uh, each person has to find their own way so i'm not really a strong believer into role models you know i'm not really a strong believer into people that are on stage and talk and and uh, the other people think that this person is god you know yeah. uh, but I'm more interested in knowing actually how their decision works. Yeah. Yeah. You know, how, in, in which con- kind of context they took the yeah. decision. You yeah. know? And this is actually what uh, is interesting for me. The yeah. rest is only blah, blah, blah. Which, it's a lot of uh, blah, blah, blah. And exactly. Putting people on the pedestal. And, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. There's a lot of that happening. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much. That was it. Thank you. You, you survived the interview. Um, <laughs> quite nicely um, thanks so much for, for your time and yeah a lot of success acquiring <laughs> new uh, new business customers thanks thanks to, you. thanks to you thank you for listening to another episode of Startup Stories make sure to check out the show notes with additional links at nerdentrepreneurs.com and if you like our podcast leave a review on iTunes see you next week